windows. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Mosquera, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got game him. Winner. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Fat Tuesday. You know why this is one of my favorite days? Because fat's in the name and I love to eat. Fat Tuesday. Yeah. Is it Mardi Gras week? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Ah, come on. I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know how you don't know. Oh, we're not in New Orleans. I can't really celebrate, you know. Always no Fat Tuesday. I don't like missing out. You know, I've so got, I've got, it's, it's not a holiday, but it should be. I've got FOMO, fear of missing out. So whenever there's something that I know is happening that's fun that's not around me, I kind of ignore it because mm-hmm. that's, I think, the smart thing to do so you don't have FOMO. Okay. Fear of missing I've out. I've never heard that. I like that. I you like ever heard that. of FOMO? No, yeah. no. But you no. don't have fear of missing out, no, clearly, never. which is good. I miss out on a lot, man. I don't know if you know that. Well, that's great that you have somehow managed – to not have FOMO, despite the fact that you miss out on so much stuff. Yeah, and I probably do. Uh, I, w- I would say I think Fat Tuesday should be celebrated with buffets. I don't I don't think it is, but I think it should be. What do they do for Fat Tuesday? I'm not really familiar with all of the Mardi Gras celebration, aside from the stuff that, you know, the but craziness, obviously. I was going to say, I believe it's the parade and the initial uh, kicking off of everything that uh, goes off. It's officially, like, starts okay. with. It also, if I'm not mistaken, Fat Tuesday starts Lent and all that going into Easter, six weeks out, all that fun what stuff. What is it so. celebrating? <sighs> That's Technically, a, do we know? No. Nor yeah. do we care. Yeah. I, I, I mean, know. we should. I'm, we should. I'm curious. I just, I don't yeah. Know. Well, we have the internet. We can look it up at some point. I that know. and probably, like, you know, half our audience probably knows and screaming at the. Uh, no, absolutely. Which they should. Yeah. But again, what we always talk about stuff we don't know about, and people, I think, scream at me or send me texts and emails about it, so. Or Twitter. I'm excited for your dad's email about uh, Mardi Gras because your dad has brilliant emails when you are doing something wrong in the show. And I'm joining you in this one, not knowing what he, at all. He's also mad on. at me because he's 73. I, I called him 72. So He wants to be 72. Apparently. He doesn't want Apparently. to be. No, younger. I don't know if he's appalled. Credit, I didn't know his but, age. Well, okay, interesting. <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I figured yeah. he'd be happy. You know, she had a couple years off. And, you know, I mean, that, that's just my thought on it, but. Yeah, all right, what do we got on today's show? We got top 25, right? Top 25, 25. later. Uh, James Harrison, I reached out to him last night. You know, he, I don't know if he's much of a media guy in general and has had a lot of media Very attention already. Guy. So, he's yeah, so I don't, know if, I don't know if he's going to come on today or not. I might reach out to him again here before the show is over, see if he'll stop <sighs> up. Angry Man, we're still not sure. Angry Man, not sure. Yeah, it's one of those well, where you kind of touch we, and go. Angry Man's an been sick from what I understand. Oh, that's right. He which has. can lead to yeah. some great anger. Yes. So I hope yes. that no, he does come on. heads out there. Yeah. But if not. Imagine him at the doctor's office. Oh my gosh! The waiting room with all the uh, other sick people, oh. and all the their what they're doing. Somebody sneezing, not wiping. I can just imagine. Don't sneeze on me! I'm already sick. Yeah, uh, uh, I hope that. I hope we get them. Uh, and first, we have Steve Forbes and Brittany Zell from the Coaches Show last night. And let's start with Coach Forbes on the elephant in the room. Uh, I have said this to my team: the year we won the we won the championship, we went 19 out of 19 from the line against Greensboro in the championship game. And it's going to take 
those kind of nights, uh, especially these next three games, to win it. We can't go 16 for 32. Puts way too much pressure on our defense and our offense. When you think about it, we won by, what, nine on Saturday and have left 16 points at the free throw line, and that's not counting front ends. And so, it, you know, it, it's got to be over 70, is except to me it's 70 or better. Or that's just not acceptable. Now, this has been the worst free-throw shooting season in his tenure here. I will say this. In Asheville, all three years combined, and, you know, you got a good sample size because they played nine games there, they are shooting 75% from the line. Wow, that's impressive. So, uh, they they're have been slightly above average uh, considering the prior years. Uh, you know, seven wins, two losses. There, it is 75% from the line or shooting – Roughly uh, 38% from three, and I think 43% from the floor in all nine tournament games in Asheville. So they've got pretty good numbers there, but the free throw shooting has been better, as he's mentioned, in Asheville than the regular season for whatever reason. But, again, those prior three years have nothing to do with this year's squad. Well, for perspective, 75% would lead the league in free throw shooting. So that is a pretty healthy number right now, ETSU. 384 of 577, uh, shooting 66.6%. That's not a good sign either. Uh, last in the league behind Western Carolina by uh, four percentage points. So, yeah, I, I think that it's a good sign that, and I don't know how much Steve Forbes necessarily has to do with this, but his teams tend to, I look at it as clutching up, right? Like, regardless of what happens in the regular season, in Asheville, they know that, the time is key. You know, there's no more tomorrow if, if you lose a game. And so the fact that they're shooting better at the free throw line in Asheville during the tournament makes me feel like the stage is not too big. They rise to the occasion, which has got to be viewed as a positive. Yeah, I, I, I think the – and it's weird because, you know, and I like this. There was a question last night on the coach show about do you punish your guys? You know, do you – what what do you do focus wise? What do you, and he was like, no, because it's still not the same situation, right? Hmm. It still doesn't do you any good because again, shooting nineteen for nineteen, you know, in the practice gym with nobody around, and you haven't been running up and down, and you're not sort of there, and there's not the he loves the the score pressure, you know. You can try to tell a guy, hey, you're down by one, you got to hit this, you got to run suicides or whatever they run nowadays. But the scoreboard and, doesn't show it, the that, crowd doesn't feel right, it. There's exactly, not the there's not the the heartbeat isn't pounding through your chest, and so there's just. There's not enough things to do to, to mimic that uh, situation. It's just got to be one of those things that you got to step up there with confidence and, and knock it down. And, you know, we've seen good free-throw shooters not do well. We've seen uh, not real good free-throw shooters uh, not even hit their 50% marks. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see because ETSU does tend to get to the line. I will say this, trips to the line in the tournament, usually, again, the, the whistles are less normally. Uh, and you get a little better cruise, you get this and up. But, again, it's like playoff football we've talked about. They like to let the team settle it. So you've got to be a little bit more of a man. I'm concerned about the Bucks not finishing on and one opportunities that they've had as much as I am about them just knocking out free throws because at least with an and one you're guaranteed the two. You might get the third as opposed to getting – None, and then you're hoping you can get two free throws, which has not been good for ETSU. Troy from Johnson City had an interesting idea. Uh, strip foul shots, much like strip poker. 
He said, you punish the guys by you miss a foul shot, you take off my item of clothing. I'm not sure if that's a punishment for everyone else or a punishment yeah. for the person. <laughs> I was going to say, everyone what, was what if you get, had that one smart look? It's like, you know what, I'm all right. Everyone was willing to get naked on the coach's show last night. Evil Randy chimed in and said, I'm walking down I-26 with you when we take the title. So, I mean, there was people that wanted clothes off, regardless of if it was their own or others on the coach's show last night, which I thought was uh, startling. Maybe it's that time of year where it's a long season and everyone's feeling the effects and they're doing things outside their character. I'm not quite sure what it is, but clearly uh, there was a strange vibe on the coach's show last night, to say the least. Totally agree. I was very uh, – <laughs> at least the evil Randy was channeling real Randy on, on yes, his uh, walk yes. naked with the Nets or whatever. Yeah, I think Troy from Johnson City was just channeling Troy from Johnson City. I, I don't know what uh, – Yeah, I don't know if Coach Forbes was too He knew you were going to ask the question, that. so it was easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here is uh, Coach Forbes on the national attention, and there's been some more that we'll talk about here in a moment as well. I've known several national media people that have contacted me that they're coming, and, uh, it's the, and that's the nice thing about playing the week before uh, Selection Sunday is that we do get the opportunity to have some attention. If we played the weekend of Selection Sunday, I mean, we, they might be streaming our games, you know, where at least our championship game is on ESPN. Or, so I think that's really good. And um, it's going to be fun. Pat Forty from Yahoo Sports this morning or last night, a video that was naming the three mid-major leagues that he thinks can get at-large bids should things go a certain way. The Southern Conference, he said, far and away the best league amongst mid-majors in the country. Number two was the Ohio Valley Conference. Number three was the Atlantic Sun. And we'll talk about all three of those in the top 25. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I, it, what I like about it is it all has sort of vibes of teams that, that our fans are aware of and knew right. that was good basketball. They know Murray State. They know Belmont. They know Lipscomb. They know Liberty. It's all the, the teams that at least that, that our fans understand. That's a good – and it's just about time that the rest of the country, at least for one year, is going to be able to hear all those names. Coach Forbes on – I don't even remember. Probably the tournament. Well, just a simple fact of beating them three times. You know, it's always – you know, we have to do that every year in that game, and, you know, it's it's hard. So they know you. You know them. You know, you never know when you catch somebody on a, on a night when they have a career night. You don't want that to happen. But uh, I, I'm concerned that, you know, they're, they've got good – they have some good guards. They they can shoot the three. They uh, run a lot of ball screens. And they do have competent players inside that can match up with us. So uh, we handled them pretty good here and had a pretty tough fight down there until we broke it open with about 10 minutes to play and so uh, we'll take we'll give them our full attention and and be ready to go coach Forbes on Chattanooga one interesting stat I saw a team that is trying to beat another team for the third time in a season wins 70 percent of the time and that was on social media so take it with a grain of salt but 70 percent of the time <laughs> it works all the time 70 right 70 percent of the time the team trying to beat a team a third time in a season wins. I don't know if you think that's high or low. I actually think that the 30% I, I, is maybe I, a bit higher than I would have expected. I actually think, and I, again, I believe it is easier to beat a team a third time. Mm. And I know it's popular to say that, but because I think you already have that mentally in there. All right, hey. We own this we, team. That's right. And I think the other team has that if things start to go awry. No, it's not to say things haven't happened, and let's just say ETSU meets UNCG in the championship game again. You know, the UNCG tried to beat the Bucks for a third time back in 2017. Bucks ended up winning that going into double A tournament. I think we all know how that went. Same thing in 2019. But you can't help but tell me, you know, two late game wins for UNCG, the confident level there, 
compared to ETSU. You know, who's going to hit whatever and, and, and get that. I think it's very easy for me to see. And, and I'll say this. I think it's very easy for teams that are better. Teams that are comparable, I, I do believe it's probably hard to beat them three in a row. If ETSU would have beaten uh, UNCG, well, three in a row, if ETSU beat Wofford two in a row and was going for the third time, I think you could see that. But playing a team where you are better than them, I 100% believe it should be easy to beat them a third time because I think you have that mental edge over them that they know they're not good enough. You know, you get the top four teams in the Southern Conference and anybody swept anybody, I think you can get away with. I mean, clearly Wofford has swept ETSU, UNCG, and Furman, but I think we all believe that any one of those three teams can win. What we don't believe is that Western or VMI is going to beat Wofford, right? We don't believe Sanford is going to, even though Sanford almost did. I still don't think if they played again, Sanford's going to have that opportunity. They had their one shot. They took it. They missed. So I do believe if you are better than that team significantly, then it is easier. And I could see where the 30% is because teams maybe are a little more evenly matched. It still does seem high to me as well. I still think I would put it at more 80, but yeah, I don't have any data to too. back it up. Well, that's it. what I figured, too, because of that, and also because this stat and this line of thinking and the hyperbole that goes into beating a team three times, because you hear that all the time, right, and it's taken out a bit of a life of its own. Tough to beat a team three times, so I figured it kind of got blown out of proportion. When In fact, 70-30, I think, when you've beaten a team twice already, because clearly that signifies that you are better than the team, in theory at least, by a relatively significant margin. It wasn't just a one-off. Thing. Uh, how many times do you see it in and again professional college is way different but how many times do you see a four game sweep in the professional ranks I mean, not that often yeah i mean you know you, you get you get toe to toe of the time <laughs> You're right. and 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 my guess is it, it it's 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 less than 50 but yeah, those are absolutely. those are generally comparable teams and if you do see sweeps right it's one versus eight yeah. It's two versus seven. You hardly ever get to an Eastern Conference, Western Conference final, right. uh, an NLDS, uh, you know, an ALDS uh, or championship series, I guess I should say, the, the CS, the ALCS. You hardly ever see a sweep there. You could in the first round, you know, a little three, a little four. But you hardly ever see it in the championship or the World Series. It, 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 as it happened, of course it's happened. But you generally don't see that because the better – and I guess that's sort of my point. Early rounds, I can see – three, four-game sweeps, depending on what sport you're in. Right. And once you get to those division championship series type deals, who's going to the Super Bowl, who's going to the series, who's going to the NBA Finals or NHL Finals, Stanley Cup, I, I th- you don't see that. And I guess that's sort of my point. As we get to the Southern Conference Final, I could see how it is harder for that to happen. Now, they're not playing multi-games. It's just a one-game scenario. Uh, but I could see that situation more. But in the early rounds, I think it's – I don't think it's that hard. And I think there's more statistics because there's more games involving better teams versus weaker teams. That's why I think it would be higher. Of four-game series overall, I bet it's like 10%. Overall, like across all sports, not often at all. Because I think a team kind of starts to nap a little bit. It's tough to stay focused for, especially when you got to win four. It's a seven-game series. Just like, ah, you know, we won the first two. Or we won the first three. Right, and, like, and, the, and, and the adjustments there because they are playing back. But, again, it's different in college because you're not playing three or four games in a row. Right. You know, uh, maybe a, uh, not even in a baseball playoff situation in the Southern Conference tournament. You're playing a different team every time. So it's a little different in, in the pros. But I think you get where I was going with yeah. that as far as no, my point your yeah. All right, we'll step aside for a timeout. Brittany Zell was on the show last night, too. We'll talk or get, at least get her comments uh, last night on the Coach's So Thoughts moving forward to Southern Conference in the season right after this timeout. And Santa's sidekick says the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. 
or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination, the Johnson City way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. to the sidekick back with you on Fat Tuesday. By the way, it's a celebration beginning on or after the Christian feast of the Three Kings Day, just to let you know. It culminates in National Wednesday. Look at you looking some stuff up. All right. You know, uh, it's also been called Pancake Tuesday, which I would Ooh, like to go back to. Uh, that I mean, sounds if we could go, delicious. I, that's what I'm saying. Either can, can I go Buffet Tuesday, Pancake Tuesday, either way. I wonder what the celebrations are like there for Fat Tuesday in terms of, like, are there deals? What is the food? Because I know it's, you know, kind of Cajun country, right? Mm. A lot of seafood, that kind of thing. But Pancake Tuesday, that's it. Mm. Seafood pancakes? Is that that a thing? Ooh, shrimp pancakes. Is that a thing? Are you in? 
I'm in. Crab, crab pancakes, lobster. I feel like oh, it's probably up in Maine. I should, I should have got that. So many echelons above the lives, that. the lives that we live. Like, I don't, know, I don't what, think we'll ever reach. What, that what are we talking about? Basketball? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Trick. All right, Brittany's there. What do we got? To be able to go in there to create a sweep and to continue with our momentum was something that we had talked about, but didn't harp on. You know, our job right now is to not let fun get in the way of focus, and not let focus get in the way of fun. And uh, our kids have really, uh, really embraced that. And you know, when it comes to Brittany Snowden. She just has this resolve about her to refuse to lose. And she knows it's, you know, at this point it's a one-game season. And uh, she and, and Lexa Spears were the difference down the stretch. And then our kids' ability to uh, to take care of the basketball and hit free throws down the stretch. And then, you know, EHO has been phenomenal. She was College Sports Madness Player of the Week again and, and probably could have been three or four times um, prior to this one. And then, you know, Mike is coming along and is very steady. And then the growth of – Kaya Upton has just been, you know, astronomical when you think that she was barely getting off the bench uh, to start the first three or four games. And now, I mean, there's no question in my mind she's all-freshman team, if not freshman of the year. So um, just really, you know, really a team effort. But like you said, Mike, it's really led by Brittany Snowden and, and her will and her resolve and, and her work is, is, is really phenomenal. That was on the UNCG game Saturday. As we've come to find out, any win away from home is a good win in the Southern Conference. And then talked about some individuals, Eric Haynes, Overton, Brittany Snowden, Micah Sheets, and Kaya Upton, whom she had more on. Kaya, much like her high school teammate, Erica, they're just winners. And they do whatever it takes to win. And, and sometimes there's, there's games that she needs to try to attack the glass. Sometimes we need her defensive prowess. I mean, she's playing a lot of minutes as a freshman. I, I would be hard-pressed to find a more impactful freshman. Maybe the small kid at Western Carolina, maybe. Um, but to play on the high level that we have against the competition that we have and to be able to do the things that she's doing, you know, she, she just really deserves a big pat on the back constantly because it's not glamorous to have to give the ball up all the time. It's not glamorous to have to guard the other team's best player. And it's certainly not glamorous to – have to play 37 minutes and not see a whole lot of you know stats go up that are that are glory stats but you know all that matters to her is winning kaya very much a pass first point guard but my point to coaches l last night before that question was she's really done a lot of other things over the last four games six assists four games ago then uh, five assists three games ago then against western carolina had three steals and then six rebounds against UNCG. So, and she is playing a ton of minutes, 32.7 minutes per game. There's no Jada Craig. Jada Craig is uh, injured out the, out for the rest of the year. Has had some really tough injury things over the last couple of seasons. So there's no real true backup point guard, which has led Kaya to play a ton. Amaya Adams will handle the ball a bit here and there, but she's really more of a three wing type player. Erica Haynes Overton can, Micah Sheets can, but they're your top two scorers. So you don't want them constantly possessing the ball. You want to be able to try and get them free off screens and run plays for them. So Kaya Upton certainly doing a ton to impact ETSU. Yeah. And I think that her emergence certainly helps. Uh, and I, th- you know, it's really what been the last eight, nine games give or take maybe less than that that she's really started conference play she's really been involved yeah but i think even maybe the second half of the conference play she's really started to 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 figure out uh, how to get you know it's just freshmen do right takes a while sometimes to get in the flow where you're gonna go she wasn't in the in the lineup a lot there for a while in and out now uh been a starter for quite some time she's had a 20 or close to a 20 point game uh and she's figured out ways to score 
I think it was one game she was 10 of 14 from the line. So yeah, she was, was able the Wofford to, game the yeah, first time. So able to drive and go. So I think her emergence as an extra scorer, which ETSU at times has struggled to score, especially on the road. Now you're talking about neutral side in which uh, they've had some success before. Yeah, it's interesting. If they can get her to put up the type of scoring number she did in the first half of the conference season, it seems like she's really kind of settled into a role behind Erica Haynes-Overton and Micah Sheets in the backcourt. Uh, that'll be big because Kaya Upton can do a bit of everything. Finally, on Wofford from Coach Zell. I think our kids are, are understanding that, uh, you know, it's a one-game season at this point. Uh, with the, the split from Wofford, I think the kids are uh, cautiously optimistic, you know, that we can win the ball game, but uh, also understand that they're very capable of beating us as well. So um, it'll be a tough matchup, an early game on Thursday, and, uh, you know, just something that we're having to get ready for for the next couple of days. Yeah, Coach Zell didn't really think it mattered the game time. Uh, one fifteen is kind of a strange time to start obviously tournament play is a whole another kind of beast uh, you've got games all day on thursday and then on friday there's a couple of games the semifinals before the men i believe play at night right the seven ten and the eight nine are at night and then you've got saturday a day off and then sunday the yeah i don't like the the one thing i don't like about the women's tournament i wish the southern conference would change is they don't have the hard times so you know, for the men, it's it's noon and two thirty on Saturday, and then it's uh, I don't know, like six and eight thirty. But the difference is, is if the game ends early, then it doesn't start to two thirty. If it ends later, so if it ends past two, there's only a thirty minute window. The women is just a pure thirty minute window, hmm. rolling time. You don't really know, and so that'll be fun at, for our pregame show. <laughs> oh no, it always is because it's either going to be you need to kill more time or it's going to go faster, and you've already kind of mapped out your show because you've always done 30-minute shows. That's what you do. Right. And all of a sudden it goes. And I just wish uh, – because it's one thing. If it goes a little long, it's fine. It's a little easier to kill time. But what, what happens is is if the game ends early, instead of saying it's going to start no earlier than one fifteen, it could start later, but it's not going to start before one fifteen. they give you, well, one fifteen, but really it's going to be 30 minutes the conclusion of the other game. And in a one eight game, if Mercer starts running away with it and Western kind of knows the season's done, they're not really fouling. That game could end in an hour and 45 minutes. Now, all of a sudden, your 30-minute pregame show is down to 15 minutes, and you're going to have to try to figure that. So I just think – and for fans, right, you're thinking, well, I'll drive over to Asheville. I'll get there, you know, you know, a few minutes before 115. I'm there for tip. Well, you show up at 110, and you may have missed six minutes of the first quarter. Right. So I don't like – I wish they would just say, okay – just like the men and say, look, maybe we're going to have a little tighter time, but we're not going to start it before one fifteen, and we're not going to start it, you know, before three thirty. We're not going to, but they don't do that, and I don't like that about the women. I wish they'd make the change there, and I think that is something that that uh, you know it doesn't matter about the time, but it certainly could if you got some fans, especially on a Thursday afternoon, maybe trying to work a little bit and then mm-hmm. drive over. It's a little bit of an issue now. Game two, it wouldn't affect them because it'd be eleven o'clock no matter what. Fingers crossed that uh, it's one fifteen or thereabouts. Correct. All right. That's all we got for that when we come back. Uh, something. Something. We'll figure it out. We'll have a third segment of some kind. And, then of course, our fourth segment, top 25. A lot to talk about, especially a lot of attention on a lot of different mid-major leagues and possibly getting two teams in. We'll talk about that and more. Our uh, random segment, no idea, coming up after this time out in the Santa Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in northeast Tennessee and southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! 
The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types. Design with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Sandos in the sidekick, Jay Sandos steps aside into his chair. Brad Irwin, head softball coach here at ETSU. Second visit we've had with you, Coach. The first one was before the season started. And before we talk about the upcoming Buccaneer Challenge, of course, the first home games for you uh, every year, from what I can remember at least. Uh, Tell us how the travels have treated you. Oh, it's been good. You know, we've uh, played a lot of games so far, been in a lot of places, uh, played in lots of different uh, types of conditions we've played in rain cold and some spit and snow and uh, so it's been good been good for our development and I think uh, we're all ready to uh, be home and uh, get to kick off our home season is it a bit for you it's obviously old hat by now but for the players that are in their first second year still kind of adjusting to not only college softball but also college life in general can it take them aback just a little bit to be on the road that much uh, absolutely, and I think you really started to see it this this past weekend. Just looking in their uh, in their eyes and in their mannerisms, you can see the it is a grind. You know, you you leave on Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, get back late Sunday, off Monday, 
practice Tuesday, Wednesday, right. on Thursday again and repeat, you know. So uh, it, it's a grind and getting used to balancing that with uh, academics and, and everything else uh, certainly takes getting used to. And, and you can see it in the, in the, in the uh, freshmen and in the sophomores to a point, you know, that uh, they're still, uh, still kind of figuring it all out. But, uh, you know, we've, uh, they've done well uh, and they've been, uh, been engaged and, uh, you know, brought it every time we go out there to play. I'd love to talk about the embarrassment of riches you have on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it's just player after player producing at a really high level. Nikki Grupp has already won a SoCon Player of the Week. Mallory Schur named SoCon Player of the Month for, you know, just hitting 379, stealing seven bags, two home runs, 25 RBI, 11 extra base hits in total. Uh, that is quite the impressive start, but it doesn't stop with those two. It's Kelly Warren, Lauren Lee, Taylor Wright, Kylie Toller. You've got a total of, and let's just count full-time players at this point, seven players hitting above 300. It's almost like there aren't enough spots for all the bats. Yeah, absolutely. We, and we have a, a few kids that uh, haven't had a whole lot of opportunities yet that uh, we feel really confident in as well. So, you know, the, uh, the start we've had offensively has been uh, very encouraging to, to say the least. Talking about that a little bit more, how do you make sure that some of those players that you've discussed, and we don't even need to go into specifics, but just generally players that aren't getting those opportunities that are maybe more used to those, even younger players coming from college, but also players that have been in the program when they're not getting those opportunities, is there something you can do to help them stay up, or is that on them? Uh, you know, it, it's it's on them at the end of the day. You know, we can uh, encourage them and, uh, and talk with them. And, uh, you know, we talk about not counting your reps, you know, making your reps count when you get the opportunity. But also the flip side of that is you can't get in there if you get a pinch hit opportunity or you get to play um, this game. You know, you, you finally get a couple of bats. You can't put so much pressure on yourself that you're in the box thinking, I have to get a hit to get another opportunity. But you just can't get caught up in counting your reps. You have to try to make them count when you get in there without putting pressure on yourself. And, you know, unfortunately with the cycle we're in right now, we don't have a lot of practice days. Right. And we certainly don't hit live during the, that time. You know, it's just uh, cage work. So you just have to keep them focused and, uh, you know, try to uh, help them understand and, and keep a focus on the big picture. I used to always count my reps and count my stats, which made me, amongst other things, a terrible baseball player. So I'm glad that you're preaching that to your uh, young ladies because that certainly is helpful to try and keep that out of their minds. Talk about in the circle. Kelly Schmidt we knew was going to be your number one. Taylor Bowling and Mackenzie Dyson were looking at splitting some reps, seeing who could maybe take that number two. Uh, Kelly's had a very good beginning to the year, specifically early when you jumped out to the best start in program history. What's your satisfaction in the circle right now? Yeah, you know, we're, we're doing good things in the circle. We, uh, as a staff, we, we're looking to be a little bit more consistent. Mm -hmm. um, they certainly have uh, done a, a, a really good job. But, you know, our, our walks are up. But we're not focusing on that. We talked about it uh, last week. You know, if we start focusing too much on, you know, I can't walk somebody, I can't walk somebody, then the flip side of that is you're probably going to go out there and try to uh, aim and not throw. So we're really uh, working our way through just trying to make sure that we understand that once we throw the pitch, we can't control. We can't control whether the umpire calls ball strike. We can't control whether the uh, the hitter swings takes. We can't control whether our teammate makes a play. You know, so we're just really trying to clear our mind of any clutter that may be going on before we before we pitch, um, and just get to the point where we understand we can't control it. We're going to just visualize what we're trying to do, lock in on our target, and let it fly. So uh, I'm I'm proud of them. Uh, you know, we want to continue to get better. We know we need to continue to get better in the circle but they they've all done some uh some some good things and uh you know we're we're really glad with with what we have 
if I gave you 10, 5, and 2 a month ago, do you take that? You know, that's a tough question. Um, I, I would imagine if you'd have said that a month ago, I would have taken it. Mm-hmm. But sitting here today. Um, <laughs> the, the beauty the, of being a coach. <laughs> yeah, the, co- the coach in me, I can pick out, you know, two or three instances right now that just still kind of stick in, in uh, you know, in my mind that, uh, you know, where we uh, need to make a play here, make a pitch here, make a, um, you know, uh, drive in a run here. And uh, and that ten five and two looks totally different. Right, it can can look totally different in my mind. So, the question though was a month ago, right? Right. I, I would. I'm sure I would have taken it a month ago. Um, but you know, sitting here right now, uh, it sh- it should be better than that. Well, that's the tough part, right? Because a month ago you're coming in and saying, well, off to the best start in program history. Uh, absolutely, uh, ten wins through seventeen games, sure. But as a coach, there's always going to be, and this is what I think makes you a good coach and coaches of your same mindset, there's always going to be the things where you stop and say 10-5-2 could be 13-2-2 or the, the ties could be wins, et cetera, et cetera. So it's hard to really be satisfied completely ever, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I, th- I think that you know when we get into this profession, we're uh, – probably pretty much insanely competitive <laughs> yeah. and uh, have a little bit of uh, perfectionism uh, in, 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 our, uh, in our makeup somewhere. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's easy to, to, to look back on that. But, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with, what, uh, with the start we've gotten off to. Um, I think the, uh, the, the work they've, they've done has paid off and, uh, you know, really happy for them. Now, before we get to the Buccaneer Challenge, this midweek you have a very competitive team that you're traveling to in Spartanburg, USC Upstate. It has a history of being a very good program. You're very familiar with them and played them a lot of the years. If not, I'm not sure if it's every year that you've been here, but a lot of the years that you have been here. Uh, can we expect the same from USC Upstate? Are they that level of program again? Absolutely. I think they have the uh, top team ERA in, uh, in the NCAA of uh, 300 teams uh, this week. So, you know, they've always got tremendous pitching. And uh, very, very talented. They're typically a top 30 program, you know, uh, top 30, top 40 every year. Um, really well coached, uh, play well in all facets of the game. And we do, we play them every year unless, you know, unless we have a, a weather, uh, rain out, snow out type thing. But we uh, obviously, from the old Atlantic Sun days, played them every year for conference. And then, you know, with location, they're a really good midweek game uh, for us. And, you know, we like playing uh programs of their of their caliber but they're they're strong all the way around tremendously well coached great athletes tremendous pitching and and can hit the ball as well i'm excited to see that pitching staff 0.86 era versus your offense that has seven players that are above 300 that are playing every day that's a fire versus fire type element that we have okay the buccaneer classic if fans are making their way out to betty baszler field tennessee tech rutgers Siena, Evansville coming in. Uh, strong teams, certainly some strong programs that you're welcoming in. What can we expect to see, not only from your Buccaneers, of course, we've talked with you plenty about them, but also the opponents since you are familiar with them. Yeah, it's, it's going to be some really good softball uh, at, at Baszler Field this weekend. Um, all those teams have, uh, you know, been just like us. They've been on the, uh, on the road playing and, uh, you know, kind of getting, uh, getting the kinks worked out. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of good talent. In, in the teams, a lot of uh, good, well-coached teams, and uh, you know, come on out because it'll be it'll be some really good softball. We'll let you go. I took up about half of an entire day with you last time we were on the show, but get in, get out, get out with your life. You got plenty of work to do. Good luck this weekend. Thanks.
Head coach Brad Irwin tomorrow, USC Upstate in Spartanburg. That is a doubleheader, 2.30 and 4.30. And then the Buccaneer Classic starting at 11 o'clock Friday. The Bucks play at 1.15 and 3.30. Then on Saturday at 4.45 and on Sunday at 2.30 plus a Monday game. So if you're saying, well, I'm going down to the SoCon Tournament in Asheville, no excuses. Come back on Monday or uh, Friday before you head down. If you're seeing uh, the men go out Friday at uh, 1.15 and 3.30. If you're seeing the women, you can catch a Monday. All kinds of ways to see ETSU softball in their first home weekend of the year. Back with more on Santos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory-smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com. Member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Bry guy, what'd you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. over finally top 25 not top 25 is over but that uh, bumper's finally over and a lot of eh, not a 
Actually, there was some movement. Was there not this week? Not in the was... top 13. Top 13 are the exact same as last week. And Zaga, number one, their win streak now at 20. A big win Saturday over yeah, St. Great. Mary's. I'm not going to continue yeah, to yada, yada that. kill myself yeah, on that. Gonzaga. Their regular season done. Triple bye all the way to the semis next Monday in the West Coast Conference Tournament for Gonzaga. Number two, Wofford closed out their regular season with thumpings of Chat and Sanford. Four of their last six wins by 20-plus since the Bucks took them to OT. Number three, Buffalo. One win clinches the solo title in the MAC East over Bowling Green. But if the Bulls lose lose to Ohio, who are last in the MAC East, and Bowling Green beats Akron, who are third to last in the MAC East. Friday's game between the Bulls and Bowling Green will be for a shared regular season division title. Not likely to happen, but never say never. Then the OVC, number four and number five, once again, Belmont and Murray State. It came down to the final week of regular season play for the one seed in the conference title. It was like a four-team race, too. Austin P lost to Eastern Kentucky, who are 6-12 and 12 in the league. Then Murray State, uh, so they slipped to the four seed after being tied with Jacksonville State. Neither Belmont or the Ja Morant-led racers slipped up. Belmont is the one seed. Murray State, the two. They tie for the OVC title. Jacksonville State, who finished one game back of the numbers four and five teams in the mid-major poll, take the three. And I think this is going to be a really fun tournament, as Pat Forty said. Uh, play-ins Wednesday, Austin P versus uh, one of the play-ins Thursday, Jacksonville State versus the other, and then... Belmont and Murray State have to play after the double bye, Friday in the semis, championship in primetime Saturday on ESPN2. So the OVC rounding out the top five numbers, four and five, Belmont and Murray State. Yeah, and the one thing, and this is where Belmont has struggled, um, and they've <clears throat> they've gone to the double bye just like the West Coast Conference. They get two byes into the semis, and for whatever reason, because, and again, this is where it's very odd, OVC wanted to protect their top seeds. I think rightfully so, and I think leagues should do that more. You should get an advantage for – Great system, I think. It, it is. I totally like it, but I'll tell you what, Belmont has struggled in it. They have been the one C three of the last four years, and I've only won it once. Mm. And uh, they – because, again, the way it's set up, five plays eight, six and seven. The winners play the three and four seeds. Yep. The winner of that play the one and two seeds in the semis. And somebody's won a couple of games. They've gone in hot, and Belmont hasn't even got out of the semis because, again – They've they waited a while to play. They haven't been able to do it. Belmont's tried to change the system because it's not worked for them. They were they fought for that system, and now because go figure, it doesn't work for you. Rick Bird didn't want to switch it. You know Murray State will be interesting to see because I they have the most dynamic player Correct. at the mid major level. I think if Murray State they would give Murray State even though I think they're behind Belmont some of the other matrix. I think they would give Murray State the edge because of that factor, and I hate that that would be the case. But because he's a national brand, could be an NBA. It's a business. There's People a lot want to of watch him, exactly right. right. And so, I think plus the NBA wants to see him, sure, more uh, big teams. That's exactly right, and see exactly what he can do. So, I love the way it is structured. It would think about it. Last couple of years, ETSU would have to play in that quarter and then play somebody in the semis where somebody'd have to sit and wait on him. Uh, as opposed to where we've seen before a two-seed or a three-seed get upset and mm. ETSU play a different team. So there's a diff- couple different ways to look at it. You know, and ETSU in this instant would play the winner of the 5A game. Now, they also get rid of the – if you're not in the top eight, which I would be fine with too. You Absolutely. Know, Western Carolina, you'd be done. Citadel, you'd be done. You know, VMI in essence would have to play Chattanooga. And a winner of that would play ETSU. So I, I, I like the system better for the OVC. I think it's going to be a fun tournament for them to watch. But this has not been kind to Belmont. I'll be curious to see if they what they can do to try to figure out how to win it. Number six, UC Irvine, 11 wins in a row. Hold their opponents last week to 95 combined points. Already have the Big West locked up with two 
kind of meaningless games to play in a three-and-a-half game lead over Cal State Fullerton. Number seven, New Mexico State. They've won 15 in a row. They've won their last four by 95 points combined. Just one more regular season game until the WAC tournament starting a week from Thursday. The title already there is three-and-a-half game lead over Utah Valley and Grand Canyon. UNCG number eight, of course, awaiting the winner of Sanford and Citadel. Of course, a scarier first-round game, I'd think, than you'd like in the tournament. South Dakota State, you talk about dynamic players at the mid-major level. Mike Dom's probably right there with Ja Morant. And the other three seniors for the Jackrabbits closed out their regular season with a win over Western Illinois. Dom's not really the one that stood out, though. He is averaging 25.5 per game. Skyler Flatten, one of their three that are averaging 15 or more, scored 31. And with that win, Summit League champions are SDSU on their own. And the one seed, the loss a couple weeks back to Omaha, ends up not hurting them. They open with with Western Illinois again. Did I say what? I hope I didn't say Western Carolina. It's Western Illinois. Just so used to saying Western Carolina in the Summit semis for South Dakota State uh, and Western Illinois, or for the right to get to the Southern or Summit semis, I should say. Number ten, Hofstra rounds out the top ten this week. Needed a win over Delaware to get to the solo. Colonial Athletic Association's title. Did that Saturday, winning by 22. That's another team just like SDSU. They can flat out score. Their last eight. 102, 93, 99, 79, 91, 99, 80, and 92. The one seed in the CAA tournament, which starts Sunday, awaiting the winner of James Madison and Towson. Yeah, but I think the one thing for Hofstra is they need, and I know Northeastern's had a nice little end yep. of the season, but they need College of Charleston and the three seed to play them in championship game if they are to help. And I don't think the resume is going to be strong enough for any of those teams uh, to make it. I thought for a while there, Charleston may. I mean, they're still 23-8, and eight, and you're talking about they could get, with three wins at 26-8. and eight. I mean, it possibly an opportunity, but there's just not a lot of traction out there. If they were going to get traction, Hofstra's 25-6. and six. They could get to 28-6, and six, uh, and, or even 20, what does that be, 27-7 and seven if they lost College of Charleston. I think that's the best chance for the league to try to get that game with College of Charleston because the resume and profile much better than it is at Northeastern. Number 11 and number 13. That's where the A-Suns top two teams reside this week. Their tournament's already underway. Lipscomb ended the season of the eight-seed Kennesaw State last night. Liberty did the same to Jacksonville. Also, though, are NJIT and North Florida moving on to the semis. Downing Florida Gulf Coast and North Alabama, respectively. Thursday, the tournament continues. Lipscomb and NJIT and Liberty versus North Florida. Crazy that we're already at the semifinals of a conference tournament. Their championship is Sunday. Furman is sandwiched between those two at number 12 in the mid-major poll. Just a nine-point win over Sanford Thursday, though never really close in the second half. Then a 21-point clubbing of chat. So again, the top 13 all the same in this poll uh, as last week, which I think goes to show you, Jay, that when teams need to win, when they mean business, when there's no more room for any kind of slip-up, that these teams at the top are stepping up. Yeah, I, I, the one thing about the ace and the last year the Bucks were in the league, they went to this format, and you play Tuesday at the higher seed, you turn around and play Thursday. So ETSU that year happened to win at home against Lipscomb, and then had to fly the next morning to Florida Gulf Coast, and oh, I'm losing that. So uh, think about this, NJIT, and again it's ridiculous they're in the ASUN, but they had to fly from Jersey to Fort Myers, won that game, they leave straight from Fort Myers to Nashville where they're going to play Lipscomb. And if they won that, then they're going to have to go to Virginia to play Liberty. They're going to be on the road from Tuesday until Sunday. I mean, think about just how crazy that is and how almost – now, we'll say this. You're talking about an advantage, right? I mean, you're you're a higher seed. You know, Lipscomb, they're not going to leave Nashville. They could sit there all the time. And if you're Liberty, the first two games are at home. You don't leave. And then you've got two days, really, to leave Virginia. You could leave after Thursday. You could leave Friday 
go to Nashville. It's a weekend. I worry about class. You get Saturday practice Nashville. You get Sunday games. So uh, it's a huge advantage in that league. And, again, for the A-Sun, just like the OVC, they need Belmont, Murray State championship game. I think the A-Sun desperately needs Lipscomb and Liberty in the championship game and see where the chips fall from there. Finally, some movement. Number 14, Vermont, closes out their regular season tonight, as a matter of fact. Already conference champions in America East, matched up with number 8, Maine in the America East quarters on Saturday. Then there's ETSU at number 15, up one spot this week. Number 16, Sam Houston State continues to climb, though they better not jump the box considering the way ETSU handled them back in November. It's over in the Southland, though. Uh, regular season champs, two more games for momentum only, really. Conference tournament next weekend starts the 15th with Abilene Christian, New Orleans, and Southeast Louisiana, along with Lamar. All vying for the two seed well back of Sam Houston State. ETSU number 15, Sam Houston State number 16. I'm not sure I would have believed if you would have told me back in November that Sam Houston State would climb this high in the mid-major poll, I would have believed you. Yeah, no, I, I would not either. The way they looked, honestly, they, they and they started the year uh, very bad. But all of a sudden, they figured it out, and they've got a couple talented scores that can really uh, – they got a nice little one-two punch, uh, and – I don't think they'll trip up, and I think all that does is help ETSU, right? The other thing oh, yeah, I think definitely. will help ETSU and that the Sun Belt still has a uh, one more regular season game, uh, I think, set before they get, and I know you haven't got there yet, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that's another tournament that could help ETSU because of Georgia Southern and Georgia State. I think ETSU needs – and, again, the resume – for the at-large NCAA free tissue is not there. I don't think it's going to happen. Nobody has them. They've got Furman or UNCG um, ahead of them whenever you see some projections that may go in. But if you're still talking about maybe an NIT, you're talking about I was going to say, could like it help that. their NIT? It, yeah, absolutely, I think it could because all that could help, especially if they were to beat Wofford, you're talking about really helping out. Again, nobody's playing for an NIT. But if you can't go to the NCAA tournament, that's the next tournament you want to go yes. to. It took all the way to number 17 to find a team that lost a game in the mid-major rankings this week, and it's one we already talked about. Montana thwarted by Northern Colorado last Monday. So on last week's show, we kind of talked about that game a bit. Northern Colorado was a half game behind Montana, entering last night's matchup with Putrid, Northern Arizona, and it took a comeback effort from Montana to win 66-64 to over the nine-win Lumberjacks. So they escaped by the skin of their teeth. Montana, not very convincing late on out in, I believe it's the Big Sky, yeah, still first in the Big Sky, up by one game now over Northern Colorado despite that loss last week. Number 18, Toledo, up three spots this week. Tricky finish to the regular season, but they took care of the most important part, beat Central Michigan for the second time. They're currently the three seed in the MAC with now a two-game lead over Central Michigan. They would have been tied with a loss, but a big victory. Just need one win against Eastern or Western Michigan in the final two games to clinch their second straight outright Mac West title. Number 19, Northeastern, you talked about them a bit. Two seed in the CAA coming up a game short of Hofstra. They await the winner of Elon and UNC Wilmington. And rounding out the top 20, number 20, Yale. A brutal loss to Campbell. 15-point favorites and lost. Now tied with Harvard, a game ahead of Princeton. Are both schools Harvard? and Yale in the four-team Ivy League tournament. Princeton needs to beat Brown or Yale to guarantee their spot, while Brown is fighting Penn and Cornell for the fourth and final position, a one-game lead over both, two to play for each Ivy League school. I do want to mention the Sun Belt did that smart scheduling. So the last week of the regular season, they've got Georgia State and Georgia Southern. Correct. And they've got Texas State and uh, UT Texas uh, and uh, 
Arlington. Arlington. Let's jump. You. Yeah, let's jump. Over, let's jump over number twenty-one St. Mary's because we've talked plenty I, about uh, them. Number twenty-two Georgia Southern back in the rankings. Three-way tie atop the Sun Belt with Texas State and Georgia State. Texas State is number twenty-three behind them, and Georgia State is the second team out of the rankings, receiving forty-four votes. Texas State just vomited all over themselves against South Alabama to drop their lead in the league. Georgia Southern plays Georgia State, and Texas State plays UT Arlington, who are one game back of those three Saturday with. All kinds of seating possibilities and, and a league title up for grabs. That's so much fun. No, that's what I was going to say. That, that is what is genius about that. It, you're talking about it's fun to see because three teams are tied. Uh, there could be a, one team stand alone. The winner of Georgia State, Georgia Southern, could be the de facto number one seed if Arlington is to beat Texas State. Then there's a three-way tie for second. No idea what the tiebreaker is. But they do the same thing the OVC does. You get a bye all the way to the semifinals. Mm. So that is a huge wow. advantage. And I think it's great for the league because you set up those are the top four teams no matter what happens. Those top four teams could meet in the semis again and then the, the two winners of that into a championship game. So for the NETs and all that other metrics thing going on, and again, if you're uh, George State, George South play each other, somebody has to lose, but if you could get those two teams on the other side of the bracket to meet in the championship game and they already meet again, you got an opportunity to help ETSU's resume. How does that smart scheduling work? Because I don't think people know. Uh, so the smart scheduling is the brainchild of uh, Mark Adams, which, by the way, I'm still trying to effort him on the show. He keeps promising he'd he's going to be perfect come on. this week. I mean, so, he'd be um, I, and and basically, what they do is they keep the last several, uh, the, the last three, four games of the week, uh, the season open, and then basically the league says, okay, who is our best draw? And then we're going to make those teams play against one another at the end of the season so that our top teams can help their resumes. They can help their NETs instead of playing the bottom part of the league just because the schedule says so. And so he's trying to get more leagues to jump onto that. And what he's ended up doing here is the top four teams are end up going to face each other. Um, and so it's going to get what it is. Now, I think uh, Conference USA, I can't remember there's another one that, that are doing this. And then that way – the last three or four games of the year in Conference USA, they're able to schedule the top four mm. teams basically play each other. Wow. So if you're in the top four, you get one game against each of those teams, and that's supposed to help instead of playing, again, the bottom part of the conference, which could draw you down no matter if you win. Now somebody that could win those last three games, what it does for the resume, could help ensure getting a chance in that large. Number 24, Jacksonville State. We mentioned them earlier with Belmont and Murray State, the top three seeds in the OVC tournament. And number 25, rounding out the poll, out of the Missouri Valley, a conference from really riches to rags. First time I've seen an MVC team in these in a long time since Loyola Chicago's really struggles. Both Missouri State and Drake win their final two games and split the Missouri Valley regular season title. Pardon me. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, and Drake win their final two, split the regular season title. Loyola, the one seed, though, the tournament starts Thursday and ends Sunday. And that is your mid-major top 25 once again. Gonzaga, Wofford, Belmont, Murray State, and Buffalo with Belmont and Buffalo flipped. Obviously, one, two, three, four, five. Gonzaga, Wofford, Buffalo, Belmont, Murray State, top five. ETSU is number 15. The SoCon teams, Wofford, number two. UNCG, number eight. Furman, number 12. And the Bucks number 15. And then the final three, Texas State, Jacksonville State, and Drake. Yeah, and I don't think if and they need Drake Leloya uh, to meet in that championship game. I'm yes. just going to boy the Missouri Valley. You're right. <laughs> Look at some Garbage. of these records. And, man, they really have fallen off. I mean, the they've fallen so. off even from last year, but obviously the last three, four, five years of conference I mean, and, reformation. And, and, and they've had guys with great runs. Valparaiso, they're, they're in nine. They've had Indiana State with runs. They're in eight. Illinois State's been good over time. So's Evansville. Those are the bottom four teams. We've seen Northern Illinois win a game in the tournament. We've mm. seen Southern Illinois give threats. Drake's obviously won a game in the tournament. Bradley, Missouri State. I mean, you look at those names and brands, and you're thinking that's a pretty good in the uh, sort of the 
breadbasket in the Midwest there that really plays hoops, right? They get all the, the non-major D1 talents and can put together these extending strings of wins and have made noise in the tournament. It's one of the better conferences, but this year it's just not. I know you love Arch Madness. That is a great name for it. You're playing St. Louis. It's oh, unbelievable. It's so good. we got to come up with something like that for Asheville. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they actually have their championship on CBS. Nationals. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Because they've had such a good brand. Not this year, well, but they've had such a good brand over time. They've earned that. They earned that, I think, from the days of the Creightons and the, the Missouri State. The Missouri State. Well, not even the Missouri State, but like, who moved out? Wasn't Butler in the MVC before? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so back in those days when they would pack wherever they played, it was like 25,000 strong. It was epic. Well, and uh, uh, Wichita State was in Missouri. Wichita State. Thank That's you. I'm another. trying to remember yeah, all the yeah. Yeah, just It was fantastic. Yeah, all right. That'll not anymore, though. <laughs> yeah. Good show. Back tomorrow. Buccaneer. Sports Network. See ya.